Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. guys it's your boy anthony alongside the best big three account in the universe big three news aka will back with another edition of the fourth man and i'm actually alongside two people today uh alongside will who uh, nobody cares about um also alongside liam <laughs> blutman who is a big three writer and reporter uh works alongside some people in the young three so welcome to the show liam hello thank you for having me yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you jumping on. I know, you know, uh, conditions are our current climate isn't where everyone wants it to be, and it's a little bit new for everybody. But I think it does give us some flexibility to do um, a little bit some some more podcasts and episodes here. So appreciate you joining us. And Liam, I kind of want to start here and just kind of open the floor for you. Uh, give us your background and how the big three kind of came into play uh, in your career. I so. Like, I work with the Young Three first off, and I got this job. Um, Jerome Williams, who's the president of the Young Three, uh, played with power in their first season. He saw my writing, and he invited me for an internship for his uh, website, Champions Basketball Network. Then, like, after a week, I got asked uh, if I wanted to go to Houston for the first week of the Big Three uh, in, what, season two? Obviously, I said yes. It was yeah. a great opportunity. And from there, I was on an internship with the big three as well. And that I'm still on right now. And it's pretty cool. I get to travel with the young three. Uh, we set great camps for kids. Um, and each day we attend. And it's amazing experiences to give back. And I to attend big three games get to write about that ask players questions coaches questions see everything behind the scenes see why the league's uh growing at such a rapid pace it's very cool yeah Yeah, so let's uh i want to dive into uh the young three so i feel like that's something that doesn't really get a ton of spotlight during the season um and i don't know if even all of our listeners are familiar with it so can you sort of kind of explain the initiative behind the Young Three and what that experience is all about? So the Young Three, whatever city, um, you know, the Big Three's in, we're there too, um, pretty much. The two states up last year, we were only at one. But we do a, a camp for a few hours at like a boys and girls club or something and invite a bunch of kids to come out like ages 5 to 14 usually, maybe 15, 16 sometimes. And we hold a clinic with um, the former basketball players like Jerome, uh, James Hollywood Robinson, Desmond Farmer, uh, Aaron Thorne. We have like a lot of coaches that come out there and help these kids. And then big three players, they'll come out and support as well. Like Nate Robinson's there a good bit. That's awesome. Uh, Mike T- Mike Taylor was huge the last few weeks of last season, and the joy that these kids get from uh, this experience is so, it's crazy. Like, they've never had anything like this, and 
it's important for them because a lot of them aren't in the best like situations and they're already at such a young age and this gives them a lot of hope and happiness and some of the clubs will hit us back up months later weeks later years later even have told us that their kids still talk about the camp and ask when we're coming back oh that's it's great just a, it's just a really good experience for all the kids and yep. like when ice cube he'll come out sometimes <laughs> that's amazing for the kids too like they'll that's never dope. get to experience any of this yeah no that's super dope um i think it just you know not only does a big three provide a platform for other players but you know now adding the young three into a year two and and giving you know other kids um uh, from an early age an experience of a lifetime and i think some of our listeners on here you know could potentially be parents obviously have their own children of their own and you know maybe not so much this season this season's a little bit questionable in terms of cities they might visit but uh for years to come um i think obviously the, the camp will continue to grow and people will continue to show interest how would people if they do have children get get their kids involved in something like the young three uh, we have a website. I think it's young3.org. I'm pretty sure it's .org. Uh, and all the information for our upcoming camps would be on there with countdowns to the next camp and stuff. Um, you would choose which city to attend. And then um, if you want, just sign up for the clinic and or the three-on-three tournament. Um, you get a young three jersey, uh, some a backpack headband get a lot of uh stuff that the kid gets to bring home and gets to uh wear for years on t-shirts nice this is this all sounds great and i, I think that's um i think as the league continues to grow i think more children uh, will continue to be involved in, in the uh, young three there um, but that's only one aspect of what you're doing here. The other half is is the big three, writing for the big three, um, covering games, I think, in different aspect. First of all, I guess, you know, from year two, was that kind of the first year that you um, were involved with the big three or watched the big three? Or have you kind of been a fan from the out, outskirts uh, from year one? And, and what have you been your thoughts of, of it so far going into year four? Uh I was really interested in the whole concept of the Big Three. I thought that was a really neat idea, um, giving another generation the opportunity to watch a lot of the pros that um, you know we watched when we were growing up. So they were going to be able to watch, despite um, them being obviously. But that was still a cool concept, and I didn't watch much of it the first year. I watched a little though, and liked it, and then season two was like the first year i consistently watched it obviously and it was just really cool traveling every city seeing how teams approach game week um what teams were uh, better prepared i guess and taking it more seriously as opposed to some teams kind of just there for a good time i guess you know not really taking it as seriously as others like the power uh that team was so far advanced i would say and their game prep and everything nancy lieberman is a phenomenal coach like she should legit have a nba offer in my mind um and lisa leslie did a great job 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really uh, neat getting to to see how it all works out behind the scenes from a different perspective. Um, getting to just walk around the arena and you know see uh, fan engage like we do help with fan engagement. Not just me or about, but we'll go. Um, with the young three, we'll go like into the crowd and like have our mascot like make people happy while there's nothing going on. Throw out T-shirts and stuff. You know. that's great. <laughs> I'm so, excited for season four. Yeah, yeah. So who? So now, obviously, you're there every week. You're interacting with these guys. You're seeing a lot of the same people um, at these games. Who are some of your favorite players personally to cover? Um, Mike Taylor, because we know from Young 3, and, you know, he says, like, what's up every time we see him, and his interviews are always really fun. Robinson, too, right, uh, basically the same thing, another really fun person to cover, and he's always friendly away from, you know, the basketball court. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, I thought he was fun to to uh, ask questions. I want to say it was in Charlotte last year when I first got to um, ask him questions. Uh, the power, again, they're all uh, very professional about it. Corey Maggetti, uh was probably my favorite player to watch. Yeah, I think, um, I think I would have to agree with a lot of those players. I would say guys like Mike Taylor, um, Corey Maggetti. I think Mike Taylor's you know, one of our favorites that we've gotten a chance to speak with and, and just the energy and passion he plays with is always fun to watch. Um, so, you know, maybe our day will come where we get to meet him in person and just see that side of from, from a human to human, uh, aspect there. Um, as far as, uh, you know, going into this season, you know, season four has brought a lot of changes and kind of taken a different avenue in terms of, I think, year one and I would maybe say year two a little bit uh, provide a platform more so for those guys who were no longer playing in the NBA or NBA teams were overlooking them and uh, just got a chance to continue to play just didn't have to play at the same uh, pace of play and also play 82 games a year and travel and whatnot Um, but now it's kind of looking we're looking at the big three and more so it's given an opportunity for not just those guys but for anyone um, you know who's looking to play professionally, and ultimately they could take the Joe Johnson route. They could make a name for themselves in the big three. What have been your thoughts about some of the new changes they made to the league this year, and how do you feel like this helps the big three You know, continue to evolve at, at what you said is a rapid pace? Uh, the age requirement dropping in 22 was just massive. Um, like – because we could dive right into the vast majority of college seniors that are graduating. Um, not all of them are going to get NBA looks, so we could steal a few of them from the NBA or G League or overseas, put them into the big three right away where the media uh, will cover them at a much higher rate than they would if there is like just another player overseas or in the G League or on NBA bench. And they'd get that um, like star aspect feel of being the like the first player, the first college uh, like senior that comes to the big three would get 
it's like a, a a star feel because they're they're trailblazer you know they're making a move that nobody's made before they're saying the tone uh trying to get more players down the road to follow them you know no i it's got a, you yeah they're, 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 they're a, setting yeah trend. it's a bold move yeah yes trend saying um so like i don't know i'm looking at like miles powell or Peyton pritchard to in my opinion, I think those two would be great first additions to the big three, uh, meaning that 22 age requirement. Um, Jermaine Morrow from Hampton, I think that's another uh, player that we should take a look at. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to do it, though, because of uh, Corona, obviously. But sure. yeah, I we'll think- figure it out. Yeah, I think that's obviously putting a damper into some plans here. But do, do you feel like you know, do you feel like the big three might even be a better route than say something like the G League or you know, if you if you go undrafted playing in the summer league? Um, I mean, what are your what are your kind of your thoughts on that as someone who is very um, into or covers you know extensively the college basketball scene there? I think it's a opportunity due to the eyes that will be on you because you're playing in the summer and there's no other basketball really going on except for TBT and well summer league too but because uh, it's all about um, opportunity you know and for sure a lot of these players aren't going to get their opportunity at the NBA or on summer league politics are already there like Coaches have their minutes set out. There's good players that play in summer league, and they just don't even get play that much. Like, if they came to the big three, there's no politics. It's just about who the best basketball players are, no matter of like your race, height, whatever. It doesn't matter if you're a good basketball player, you're gonna play. So if you come to the big three and you make a good impression, <laughs> obviously things are gonna go well. Whereas in the NBA, you could put up a great performance in the summer league. You could average like, what, like 18, 20 games in the summer league, and it's not even going to lead to a contract. You come out in the big three, put 15 in your first game, and you're a star. That's why I think the big three is a really good option for undrafted players. Yeah, so you and I... You and I have had this conversation um, in the past where basically we've sort of seen this... uh, philosophical shift from what was once sort of the big three was kind of founded as a platform to really you know give you know older nba players a shot to continue playing basketball it's now sort of become this almost like this new path where instead of going overseas now you can sort of kind of get to the big three if you want to then go to the g league or straight to the nba so you're a fan of sort of that switch in philosophy you would say yeah, 100%, and more people will take the league um, more seriously because uh, a lot of them look at it and they're like, it might just be a, a league for older players, like have fun, to see each other again, like recoup whatever, just I got play, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a reunion. Pick up games in a sense. Yeah. yeah, like a reunion, but that's not what it is. They're, <laughs> they're working hard um, leading up to games. They're scouting. They're watching film. They're playing hard in these games to 50. They're they're relentless. And while people don't see that, they, they, they'll they be able to see that with younger players in the game when it's faster, it's quicker, it's 
people might think it's more exciting. Like, and and that dips into the next generation of our our world that watch because these are guys they saw in college, maybe they saw them in high school, and they're going to be super eager to watch them at the pro level for the first time, and it being a three on three game. Yeah, and I think it's only going to help as the big three continues to evolve and grow and and continue to, you know, make its name for itself. I think we saw a lot of evolution in year three, and I think that's only going to, you know, grow in year four. Now, you know, obviously with the pandemic going on right now, we don't know exactly how it's going to fit or what's the, what's the timeline looking forward. But I think there is going to be a, like immense amount of growth, um, you know, as the league continues to progress um, and I think that's an interesting point you make because, you know, it's not really something I've like, put two and two together in terms of 22-year-old players coming fresh out of college, coming to the league. I've thought about a lot of younger players, but maybe more so some of those guys that have tried um, to play in, in the league, you know, early on in their careers, and they just might rather take this route as another option. Um, one thing I, I will say I feel like is that, you know, with the big three, I feel like there are, you know, maybe even a little bit more limited opportunities um, you know, to, to gain a roster spot more so maybe than summer league or G league. Uh, so it, like just looking at it from that perspective, I feel, you know, what's kind of the thought process there in terms of, do you feel like some of these, this younger generation could potentially, you know, overtake what the big three has in place? Or, I mean, cause, um, you know, with, I would say maybe like 35 open spots, you know, year in and year out, you know, it could be difficult for some of those college basketball players to, to make a name for themselves um, with maybe even less opportunity. Yeah, so that's a really interesting uh, counterpoint to another way of looking at it. Um, I'm just kind of looking at it from, like, a Miles Pout. If he were to come into the Big Three or to, you know, try out, there's no way that you can deny him of a roster spot, sure. right? That's true. Like, that's a and, – and he – that's a – <laughs> that's a really fun player to watch in a three-on-three aspect of my You're opinion. right. Um, and I think his game better fits the big three, too. I don't even know if he's going to get shot in the NBA. He might be a G League dude. But so basically the first step is finding a player or two that will come into the big three from college, straight out of college, and they'll make a name for themselves and they'll set the trend to set up future college seniors opting to play in the big three so that's first step and then as we get to the second step they have to they're gonna have to like thrive at the combine and their workouts and everything to uh impress teams um i i can't really assume what what would happen with a a team captain and choosing which route they want to go if they want to take a shot i guess you would say it's take a shot um on one of the college seniors or if they want like their friend to have that roster spot that they've known for so long that's a really hard decision um maybe i don't know because you're you're trying to expand the league and make sure everybody takes it seriously and have that perfect uh, really professional feel, but if you're hanging on to a spot for your friend instead, a really talented player that could go out there, put up 
good miss every game, could score, light it up, whatever. Is that the right decision to not take that and keep the spot for a friend? Like we have to, we have to be pretty cognizant of what's best for the league. So, what do you think? Um, obviously, there's a a pretty, uh, you know, noticeable time gap between the kids you're dealing with and a Miles Powell. But what do you think the role of the young three plays in that? I mean, do you think you sort of get this idea of an alternative for these kids who obviously are growing up and who love basketball. I'm sure you've seen some pretty talented kids come through those camps. You know, do you think that the young three might maybe influence a kid down the road to consider the big three if the NBA doesn't come knocking? I think that's a, 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 I think a chance of that. We've seen a ton of really talented boys and girls come through our young three camp, and they just love the three-on-three game. Like, they have a lot of fun with it, and I think, you know, if they went to college and they play well but don't get an NBA offer and they've had the opportunity to play in the young three camp, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they give the big three a chance for, like, they got a, such a unique opportunity at a young age to experience the young three and big three since they all get to go to the games. And, you know, I, I definitely think that at least one kid would give the big three a chance if the NBA didn't come knocking. Because we've seen a lot of really talented players at both uh, boys and girls. And I feel like, too, the big three offers such a unique experience too for these guys because not only are you you know you're not necessarily playing everybody who's in your boat right so let's say i'm a kid i'm a i'm a college senior i didn't get any offers from the nba i decide to go into the big three you know i my first assignment on defense might be to guard joe johnson you know who who, <laughs> yeah. who is like you know a borderline like nba like hall of famer you know or like i'm gonna have like uh steven jackson like yelling at me from like the sidelines, you know, if you go to like the G league or overseas, you might not necessarily get that. And I feel like that is a huge advantage that the big three has currently. Yeah. There's a lot of connections you can make in the big three. That's true as well. That's true. No, I really like that perspective as well. Cause it's just, and, and you know, my counterpoint wasn't necessarily to, you know, put you on the spot. There it was more so just cause it's not something that will and I have discussed a lot. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, like you were saying, Will, I mean, they could be playing guys that have already, you know, been throughout their NBA career, you know, racked up a ton of accolades, uh, made their mark on the NBA, and now they're just balling out in the big three. Um, and that's who their competition is up. But I think it, I think it, it's going to, it would bode well for both sides. I think, you know, both players or both players like that would benefit. And I think it would just add to that competitive fire and, and fuel that the, uh, the big three continues to see increase and fluctuate throughout uh, each summer there um so definitely would be interesting and i think too you know i think there was a lot of headlines made when kenny robinson you know a guy who was at west virginia went to the xfl you know it's this guy who was making the jump from college to the nfl 
or or college to professional football, I should say. And I think it raised a lot of discussions about, you know, as a guy like Trevor Lawrence, would that be an ideal situation for him? You know, I think it would give um, a lot of publicity and and only add to your brand. Um, And then you add on a good season in there. It could be like one year playing professionally in the big three, make a name for yourself, be make a historical jump and not only pave the way for other players, but also, um, you know, potentially playing in the NBA next year because you've gotten so much publicity and you've got so many more eyes on you to, to actually watch and, and watch your game and, and showcase yourself. So um, I certainly love where your head's at, and I love that idea because I, I just don't think it's something that we've discussed enough on this pod. I, I definitely uh, have to agree with your point of coming into the Big Three for a year and just getting more eyes on you. That's huge. So it's like the biggest thing for some of these college seniors is, you know, some of them might like Jermaine Morrow, like I brought up earlier. He plays at Hampton. How many people watched Hampton this year? Yeah. Not I, many. He's yeah, not going to have eyes on them. So it, he's not probably, he's a really good scorer. Um, I, I don't remember how many, how much he averaged this year. I assume like 26. Um, you know, if he, he's probably going to go on draft. He's a smaller guard. He's really cool crafty he's quick good passer could score from every level like this is somebody that he fits the big game nicely he could learn from a nate robinson it's if he you know he comes to the big three for a year or two and then maybe the nba comes calling and they're finally interested whereas you know, he goes to the G League right away. How many players do you see in the G League? Like, here's on Twitter, you're scrolling through, and the G League tweets like, uh, I don't know, like, player had 50 points tonight. And then you look two nights later, and he had another 40. <laughs> that happens so much, and that player's never even getting a right. shot. No, yeah, you're 100% right, yeah. Well, I think the cool part, too, is that, you know, you were talking about making connections. Uh, but I think the cool part about the big three is that these – these coaches are also the GM. So those are like the scouts, you know, those are your personnel in front office. So, you know, I think, and this is not a knock on any scout or anything, but I think a lot of that, you know, might resonate if they're saying like, Oh yeah, this dude can ball. You know, if it's someone like Steven Jackson or a guy like Joe Johnson be like, Oh yeah, this dude's, this dude's a real one. This dude's a great player. And is telling maybe some guys in the NBA that, and then they're, you know, passing on that information to personnel and, and coaches and different, different players or different teammates. Um, I just think that that speaks highly of just having, you know, big three players and coaches also being scouts. And I think that could help um, a lot of players if they come out and and show, you know, what they're capable of. So um, I'm glad we were able to kind of touch on that and and discuss that. I do want to talk about a couple other things, um, you know, within the big three and I guess let's start here. There's been a lot of offseason moves made so far in the league. We've seen Zebo join the league, seen Steven Jackson uh, become a head coach, uh, move on from killer threes. Um, you know, we're obviously seeing triplets return. What has been like the one move that stuck out to you? And I know these are like very early moves because we, because of what's going on right now, we didn't get to see the rest of the splash alerts. But what has kind of been the move to stick out yeah. to you and, uh, you know, give you the idea of like this guy, this team's like the front runner, you know, at least early on in the off season. I'm not sure who the front runner would be, but like the Zevo move is huge. That's massive. He's been in the NBA for so long. That's the tough big man. Just so gritty. Like that's such a good move. 
that brings toughness down low into the paint show you to show that uh common fan like this league's not not soft like you may think it's not it's not pickup game. Like people are gonna have to go down low, and they're gonna have to put up a layup on Zebo, and Zebo's gonna like he's not gonna make it easy. Like this is a huge uh, addition, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have to agree too, and I'm I'm really eager to see the rest of you know the moves that the big three already has in place. I think Zebo is one that we and, and I'm sure you and a lot of other people in the big three community really speculated on. Because it just made the most sense, you know. It, Zebo playing in the big three is a match made in heaven there. Um, so I'm eager to learn about For some sure. of the, the new moves that could potentially be made. You know, we talked about Lance Stevenson potentially being one. I'm I'm not sure, you know, where he lies in terms of all this now. Um, and then we also, you know, talked about Slaggy P, who seems like a yeah. I mean, he just seems like a lock seems at this like point. Seems like a great fit. Yeah, he seems mm-hmm. like a great fit. Potentially, you know, that is like the the most like unofficial official signing ever. Right. Like, <laughs> Liam, like Liam yeah. and I were talking about it. Like we were just like, we're like yeah. And then after Swaggy P joins enemies, like it <laughs> has not even happened yet. But I'm just operating like it is until it doesn't happen. Well, the thing I'm waiting for too is I, I think I'm waiting for like that guy who's just like a a four-point specialist. You know, we have tons of three-point specialists in the league. I'm not saying that would be Swaggy yeah. P necessarily, but, like, he would definitely, I feel like, be one of those guys to take more four-pointers, at least set the record, a new record for it, because I'm not even sure we've had many players, if any player, have, like, ten or more four-pointers in a season. So that would be something I think could be interesting that, you know, Swaggy P could definitely bring to the table there. Uh, yeah, regarding the four points process, um, Jerome and I have talked about Fletcher McGee from Wofford, and he's overseas now. Oh, that's a like, great we one. We think he would be a really good addition for a league. Uh, I, don't, I, I showed Jerome, um, like highlights of Fletcher like two years ago, um, and he was really impressed. He thought he was like a JJ Rag type player. Yeah. He was surprised he didn't get an NBA offer. I was surprised he didn't get an NBA offer. Um, I guess the tournament game against Kentucky hurt him, but uh, he's he's human. He's not gonna he's gonna have a bad game. But you know, this is somebody who takes really tough, contested, awkward threes, and he drains them. And yeah. he has really deep range. He he can hit multiple fours in a game. There's no doubt in my mind. We should definitely give him a look. I would I would love that. I actually. You know, being from uh, an alumni from a school that was in that same conference at Wofford, uh, going to Chattanooga, got to see Fletcher McGee play as a freshman all the way up to his senior year. Um, maybe not in the back half, like see him in person, but definitely in the early parts of of his career, got to see him play in person. That dude, the the type of shots he takes, and you know, whether it be off dribble, um, you know, off the screen, a man in his face, it, it's crazy. To, to see him, you know, be able to shoot those kind of shots or even get off those type of shots. So I think that would be a, a great addition that could be that four-point specialist. And I think as we continue to see the league evolve, we could start to see, you know, some more of those role players um, be involved. Now, I know right now we only have six roster spots, so it's a little bit tough to have role players necessarily. But I, I think in the future as a, we could potentially get more expansion teams and expand rosters there, that could be definitely an interesting um, – role for a player to have yeah i definitely agree with that and and expand and future expansion like we already had previously yeah um i think where i want to 
kind of cap it off here is, you know, we recently had the news about the quarantine tournament come um, into the limelight here. Something that's supposed to be started in April that Cube and, and Jeff Quantinitz have been working on to not only make a three-on-three basketball tournament and bring sports back into the world, but also make it a reality show and see how these guys are living on a day-to-day basis. Will and I dropped an emergency episode last week when it first came out. Those were kind of our initial thoughts. What are your thoughts, you know, like a week later on what this could bring not only to the big three, but to, you know, the world of sports? Like, how do you see this playing out? What are kind of your thoughts and and opinions on uh, on this when you first heard it? Um, it's a really smart move and it's kind of risky in the sense because like if something bad does happen that's not gonna look good at all but it's a really smart it's a really smart move because we're in a really weird situation where there's like the only sports going on are really esports and it's really strange like waking up not you know, look at ESPN on your phone, and there's no no upcoming games. And yeah. sports, they heal, you know? They really do heal. Like, the Saints during Katrina, that healed the entire state. The That's Golden true. Knights after the, the shooting, that healed this entire uh, city in Vegas. Um, so, I understand that, like, the big three is going to go out here and put on this tournament they're going to be the one real sport that's happening um so many eyes will be on them it's going to take people's attention off of the pandemic they're going to be locked in on the big three with the reality show they're going to follow these storylines there might be players that um they start to like more because they see their personality on this show maybe they don't like yeah developing right (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There will be beef. There's going to be cool storylines. Um, you know, seeing these players talk with, uh, you know, maybe they're talking on the Friday in the house, and then Saturday they're playing each other. And, like, what dinners like next to each other, and they've got a game the next day. That's so interesting. Um, it's just it's a really smart move from Ice Cube and the whole big three that to to realize that sports truly do heal and there's just nothing happening in the sports world right now except for talking and speculation <laughs> um yeah it's about yeah pretty much they're gonna be the head. epicenter <laughs> yeah exactly the big yeah so um top three guys you want to see play in the the quarantine tournament the q tournament i don't know what we're calling it yet um the q league Wow. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, obviously, gotta go with Joe Johnson. Um, we're ha- we're gonna have a, a whole new audience watching. You want them to see you. You're them to see your top players, obviously. So well, we need to lock in Joe Johnson. Um, hmm. I would go with. I think you need Gilbert Arenas. I like that too because you'd be phenomenal in the reality aspect yes, and yeah. on the court, obviously. Um, it's I, hard. I mean, we talked about yeah, it's really hard. There's so many names out there that you could potentially add into there. You know, I'm 
I'd like to see Craig Smith. Yeah, Craig Smith has been a, a really fun one to watch. Um, but you know, and that would be hard to choose from three. Um, but I think Craig Smith, Joe Johnson, and Gilbert Arenas can make for a fun time. Uh, on just on one team, you know, these teams will be shuffling around, so that's potentially a team we could get. Big baby Davis. He'd be amazing for the reality yes, show. Absolutely. That's like the hundred percent need him in. And then I said I think like uh how like the bachelor has like uh Chris Harrison, I think this show should have Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry be like the host. Oh, that's brilliant. So like after something <laughs> right? happens, like, you know, they, they come in like tuxedos and they like they're like, All right, Joe, what happened there? Like what are your feelings yeah. after that game? That'd be brilliant. That'd be really, really. <laughs> That'd be great. That's gold. This man's just full of gold. I don't know where he gets yeah. it. Listen, man. Hey, you're the intern, bro. Tell him, hire me. That one's free. <laughs> the other idea. <laughs> no, I'm um, but no, I think I'm some not, other interesting names we could throw in there. Endless. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I think Richard Lewis would be a fun one. Yes. Uh, Date Robinson. You know, there's. Yakuba Dior told me that he wanted to do it. Oh, really? Yakuba Diawara? Yes. Oh, that would be an interesting yes. one as well. Add a little no- inter- like international Yakuba. flair into it. Continue, you know, international. Yeah, that'd be dope. I mean, they got to internationally brand somehow at this point. The China tour was just, the timing was horrible. Like, horribly planned. Yeah. On, on Unfortunate. The back end of 2019 and then this year. Um, so, I like that as well. So, there's, you know, it's going to be hard for them to narrow down 16 to 22 players. And we even discussed this. You know, what if this is. What if they add in maybe some new guys, you know, guys that are expected to join the league this year, but they feel this might be a good way to in- introduce them. I mean, they can really go about this in a, in a bunch of different routes and avenues to, you know, make the best reality TV show slash sports tournament. Yeah, like how do you set up a roster? Are you looking for, like, this roster of, what, 16 and 20? Are you looking for, like, the best players or are you looking for really good personalities like would you want scalabrini in there because of what he could bring to the table on the tv show aspect <laughs> maybe maybe he's the uh, chris harrison of the show yeah <laughs> i'd love that <laughs> lots of good stuff here well liam we appreciate you joining us i think the last thing i want to say is you know um you obviously have a huge background in Big Three, but you also uh, do a lot with the college basketball world. So, you know, for those who don't know necessarily your background um, outside of the Big Three, I would love for you to like kind of share where you're coming from and what what you kind of have going on right now uh, amidst COVID nineteen. Uh, yeah, so I write a lot about college basketball, college football, and fancy football in addition to Young Three and um, Big Three. So, you know, I was. Excited for March because it's like the best month of the year as a college basketball uh, diehard fan. Uh, there was a lot of talent and teams I was writing about and had and was prepared to write about for this March and share um, the knowledge with everybody about some of these talented players that we're getting to play. Obvious that uh, wasn't able to happen, but. There's still a lot of cool players I gotta write about. Um, I tweet all my articles out on Twitter at Blutman27. Um, I really highlight under the radar names. Uh, the article I did 
on five breakout players at the mid-major level this year. Um, four of the five had outstanding seasons. Uh, Obi Toppin obviously is one national player of the year today. Um, then did did not see that coming when I wrote it, but <laughs> call there. what a season. Add to the credibility. Um, Isaiah Miller had a really good season at UNCG. Um, was he, he might, I'm tripping. I forget. I know he won defense player of the year. He might've won player of the year in the SoCon or he was all first team. Uh, Jordan Lyons at Furman, another SoCon kid. He had a really good year. Um, who's the fourth? Oh, AJ Green at Northern Iowa. Tragic ending to their season. Got blown out by Drake and MVC tourney, but he was lights out. That's a maybe a name we look at for the big three in like three, two, two, three seasons, uh, years, whatever. Uh, then the fifth one was a redshirt. Uh, freshman and he didn't get much playing time for whatever reason so look out for Asane Dayouf at Fresno State next year to have a big year love it well appreciate you coming on Liam and I look forward to what you got in store for us for season four you know whenever that might be hopefully it's still on track to start at the right time but again appreciate you coming on and dropping some knowledge on us thank you for having me this was a really good experience Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.